Hello? Is there somebody there? It's to deliver us some evil podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm blue, da ba dee da ba die. If I were to, to turn green, I would die, da ba dee da ba die. You know what's really funny about that song? I've never heard it's it. It's been out since like the 90s. You've never heard it, and no one knows what the fuck the lyrics are. <laughs> See, because I just made them up, and it sounds good, but I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Deliver Us Some Evil. I am i don't know what the fuck I'm singing, Elijah motherfucking Newton. And today, I am joined by the lovely Mel November. Hi there. And today, Mel, we are covering the case of a German man so obsessed with a woman that his love affair with her continued well uh, after uh, it should have probably ended, you know, in a, in a healthy way. Oh, okay. His name is George Carl Tonsler. Right. A.K.A. Count Karl von Kassel. Okay. Sounds like you should say that with more of an accent, though. Because you're wonderful with accents. <laughs> oh, yeah. It says, mm, let me see if I can do this. <laughs> Count Karl von Kassel. <laughs> I want to suck your blood. <laughs> I know. I, like, it's it's kind of hard to like not go Transylvanian when you're trying to like do like German accents when you're not like a Nazi. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm, I'm great with it. You see, if anyone <laughs> wants to hire me to be a voice actor, I will do the utmost best for top dollar prices. <laughs> yes. So today we're going to be talking about a German-born radiology technologist who worked at the Marine Hospital Service in Key West, Florida in like the 30s and the 40s. Okay. And at, at this point, he's kind of like an older guy. He's like in his 50s. Kind of looks like James Cromwell for anyone who has watched American Horror Story and is familiar with the German scientist from like season two. Literally looks like the dude. They probably you know made him look like that. Yeah. He also kind of looks like Orville Redenbacher. Look, that was the picture that I saw. It looks yeah, like, like Orville like, Redenbacher, I showed but you creepier. The, yeah, I showed you the picture the other day and you're like, oh my God, it's Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes it is Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> he developed an obsession, some would say an unhealthy obsession, for a young Cuban-American tuberculosis patient named Elena Helen, that's in quotes because everyone called her Helen. Yeah. For I don't know how you go from Elena to Helen, but whatever. Milagro de Hoyos. Hmm. That carried on well after her death. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm not um, sure I like where that's going. Oh, I'm, I'm sure everybody likes where that's going. I mean, <laughs> come on. Who, like, who doesn't want to say the line, my love affair continued with her long after she died? Yeah, that's not something I would ever want to say. Yeah. Or really have said about me, although I wouldn't know the difference. So I'm just going to jump right in. Do it. What do you think Tansler did in the 30s? <laughs> uh, I, after her, I don't know because there's not a whole lot you can do. Like after someone dies, you can't really do much. There's, they, they, they go away. They rot away. Apparently they don't because in the 30s, Tansler removed Hoyos's body from its tomb and lived with her corpse in his home for nine years until its discovery oh by the God. authorities in like the 40s. Nine years. Nine years. He spent nearly a decade with this woman or this like hunk of like dry aged human flesh. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of really weird. I like dry aged like ham, like pork products. Yeah. And I know like if you listen to like any cannibals, they, they tell you that, you know, you know, humans taste like pig. So it's like, 
if you want some cheap, dry-aged pork, just wait until grandma dies, stick her in the basement, and wait a year. You know, and then she's going to be like nice, crispy, like just like beef jerky, like leathery beef jerky. And just just in mwah. time for Christmas. Just in time for Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. Just cut like just cut like her <laughs> ass off and eat it. Like, you know, no one's going to know the difference. Yeah. And no one dares ask where grandma's gone for the past year. <laughs> yeah, so not much is actually known about Carl Tonsler, okay. which is weird. Um, I think it's due in part because he had like numerous fake identities over the course of his entire life. Cause like, like he was traveling around the world a lot in like the twenties and like the 1910s and shit. And that was back before like people had like, like real passports. So you could just like yeah. walk up to like a border and say, yeah, I'm a uh, Carl von Kossel. And they'd be like, oh, okay. You know, write your name so down. So he wasn't doing in. shady shit. He wasn't trying to no, evade the authorities no, or anything. No, it was just kind of like, hey, yeah. I feel like being someone different today. Like, like, like his entire life is actually about like not doing shady shit until he did shady shit. <laughs> he was saving it up. But then again, there, we don't know anything about him before he did shady shit. So he might have done some shady shit. There's just literally nothing about him. Because there's just so many different identities he's gone by. Yeah, true. Um, Yeah, so he's listed throughout his life. He's been listed as George Carl Tonsler on his German marriage certificate. He's listed as Carl Tonsler von Kossel on his U.S. citizenship papers. uh, And listed as Carl Tonsler on his Floridian death certificate. Some of his hospital records he signed with the name Count Carl Tonsler von Kossel. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nothing like a little variety yeah, in your little, little, naming the, convention. The, yeah, like the spice of life is variety or some shit like that. <laughs> Apparently, he liked other spices in his life, too. <laughs> well-aged spices. Yeah, well-aged. And I mean, honestly, though, they say women get better with age. I don't know if that's true after they die. <laughs> yeah, I would say probably not. But then again, beef jerky gets better with age. Does it? Yeah. I mean, uh, just just think about it. Dried meats get better with age. So how do we know that human flesh, like women, don't get like better, uh, like age as they like dry out after they die? I see. So you said he was married. Yeah, he was married. Uh, I'll get into that later. So Carl Tanzler, I'm just gonna call him Tanzler. Tanzler sounds like a fucking like German like candy bar. Hey, what do you get? Actually, does you know like it's like hey hey you know Herbie, what did you get? Oh, I got a I got a Carl von Tanzler. Nods nougat actually <laughs> nougat filling with some nuts. Like it's oh, no, like a toffee. Sounds it sounds like, like a weird like toffee or some shit. I don't know. It either sounds like a a weird disease, like a or it sounds like a mixed drink. I mean, it could be like a really a kinky. Carl von, yeah, I know. Like, like a really kinky sex position. <laughs> like they von tossled the- my salad. <laughs> 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 and then everybody raises their eyebrows and no like, one says anything. Like no one says anything. <laughs> yes. Necroplay. You want to get close to that? Have your woman take a cold shower and sit in front of the AC in the middle of oh. January. <laughs> get Carl von tossled. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. So th- th- there might be a reason why he's a little fucking weird. Uh, not only is he actually German, which just automatically puts you on a weird chart because German- <laughs> Germans do weird shit. Uh, he was born in February on February 8th, 1877 in Dresden, Germany. So he grew up in Imperial Germany, hmm. which for those who don't know, I'm not like a big history buff, but that's kind of like the baby steps leading up to like the Weimar Republic weird. Which everyone, if anyone knows about Weimar Republic, they were like chopping bodies up and like doing like snuff films and like 
a lot of really depraved shit on like the regular because that's they were just kinky like that damn so i can only imagine how much worse the imperial like germany was or maybe it was more strict and that's why he's a little fucking weird hmm but yeah, I'm pretty sure they they were like like doing like ba- yeah they were like a more strict society, but they were doing like baby steps leading up to the Weimar Republic. I don't know. Yeah, so like if if you want to know what the Weimar Republic looked like, just like watch like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when they go to like the circus circus uh, cafe or whatever. It's like you know he's talking about like you know this is like the Sixth Reich. That's essentially what the Weimar Republic is: a bunch of like half naked women doing like trape- trapeze stunts with like babies hanging out of them, and like a guy like wrestling like a rabid like Wolverine down below. Just really <laughs> weird shit. Okay. Yes. So he grew up in Imperial Germany, which is fun, always fun. Do love the Kaiser myself. Uh, during his childhood in Germany, and later while in Genoa, Italy, because he made his way to Italy at some point, he was visited by visions of his dead ancestor, I put ancestor in quotes, a Countess Anna Constantia von Kossel. Wow. Yes. She just, like, appears to him. Just, whew. And the Countess revealed to him, as she pulled her titties out, and said that uh, the face of his true love, and showed it to him, just went, whew. Pulled, his, pulled her tits out and just boom, right yeah, there. Yeah, I think you're making that part up. Maybe. Uh, they're German, so he might have been into it. And she revealed to him the face of an exotic, dark-haired woman and told her that's the love of your life. Okay. Dude was like five. Oh, so he was su- he was yeah, a child. Though. Yeah, he was a child when he started having these visions. And then like he was like an adult when he was in Genoa, Italy, still having these visions. Oh, he's had, he had visions his whole life. Oh, yeah, so he's ooh. had these visions of this like woman he calls the Count- Countess Anna, who just like, keeps revealing to him like the face of the same woman. He claims it's the same exotic, dark-haired woman and saying that's the love of your life. That's the love of your life. Wow, that's Despite creepy. that woman being the uh, love of his life, he does eventually get married. Not okay. to not that to woman, her. yeah. Oh. So, so much for the, the love of your life kind of thing, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- so there is literally nothing else on his uh, on on him that I could find until his autobiog- autobiographical editorial note and the Rosicrucian Digest of all places. Oh, wow. The fucking okay. Rosicrucian Digest, which, if you don't know... There's there's like two different like magazines the Rosicrucian uh, Rosicrucian like society does they have like the Digest which is just for like the layman and then I forgot what that else but they have like another like article that is only for members of the Rosicrucian huh, wow. order yeah and so he his autobiographical editorial note is called the Trial Bay Organ a product of wit and ingenuity by Carl von Kossel so at this time around this time he's going by Carl von Kossel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote it while interned at a camp in Australia during World War Two or World War One. I, I apologize. Hmm. So yeah, he was in an internment camp. Interesting. Yeah, in it he claims to have been traveling the world from Italy to India and across the world to Australia with the intention of continuing to the South Seas Islands. Okay. He claims. So I have to go go based <laughs> upon the truth, but he claims he was doing all that shit. His stop in Australia was meant to only be temporary, to just to collect equipment and supplies for the trip ahead. Right. He, w- he just wanted to get a boat, learn about you know like weather patterns and shit, and then just be on his way. However, he became so interested in engineering and electrical work, he decided to say, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to stay for a while. And uh, that that stay was longer than he anticipated, though, because uh, he started buying property. He bought a house, bought a boat. 
He bought an organ. This dude has a thing for organs. He just buys organs all the fucking time, apparently. Okay, you're talking about musical organs, yes. not things that come out yes. of people's bodies. Okay. I mean, he's German. He's not scooping. I understand like, he's German. He's, he's not, not scooping. Collecting, yeah, he's, like, livers he's not like scooping the ovaries out of a 12 year old right. girl and chewing on it like bubblegum. No, he's buying like pianos, like old school pianos and shit. Okay. Organs. And he says he bought an island in the Pacific, which is 1930. Hmm. He's a white man. The equivalent of him buying an island in the Pacific is probably showing up kicking like the one tribal in the ass and flipping him like a gold coin like he's like scrooge mcduck or some shit huh okay yeah and uh yeah so he liked it so much that he stayed in australia for 10 years oh so what turned out to you know it's just like you know i like it ten here stop yeah yeah 10 years just in australia world war one hits he's like oh fuck i'm german these are like english people not a good look. And so they uh, put him into a uh, internment camp just as he was beginning to build a trans-ocean plane. Wow. Not the first plane, nor is it the last. Well, it is the first plane, but it's not the last plane. You know, I always fuck that up. It's not the last plane he's going to buy oh. in his life. He's got a thing with planes, too. Yeah, so he was he's building this. this like, it was like an like. Like 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 you know like oh the seaplanes right and he was going to use to fly out of Australia. World War One breaks out and the British mil- military put him into a POW camp. Oh, with a bunch of other people, mainly like a bunch of like Indian like generals and like you know or was like like officers or some shit. They said officers, right? But I'm assuming like Indian army is like you know if they're not British, they're probably like everyone's a general because they don't want them to feel left out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so essentially he just put them into a POW camp, and then later he was transferred to the fortress-turned-prison at Trial Bay, where he wrote this narrative. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he wrote it while he was in uh, Trial Bay. Tanzler secretly was building a sailboat at Trial Bay in order to escape with fellow German-born prisoner Nyanitiloka Mahathera. Hmm. Not his given name. Definitely, because that's not German at all. Um, I don't. I couldn't find his German name, but Mahathera mentions that he planned to escape from the Gaul or the Goal Jail, G A O L. It's pronounced Jail. Really? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? That's not even English. What is it? No, that's old. That's that's old English. This is only the th- like like nineteen ten though. Yeah, but you can use cool words even then. What the I fuck? I mean, that's a cool word. What the fuck? All the crappy fantasy that I've written in my life always spelled it that way. Yeah, it's crappy <laughs> fantasy. No one spells jail that way. What yeah, the that fuck? That was back in the day, man. I see, see, this was. is what happens. Like, you just caught an audio, my mind being blown. Because I thought, like, it was, like, some sort of, like, I mean, coastal, it, like, G, region. A J. No, no. See, see, I thought it was, like, J. goal or something. It was supposed to be, like, a weird, like, Australian term for, like, a coast. Because, you know, like, like um, the, the trial bay is, like, on a weird coast. So I thought maybe yeah. they, they called the area goal or some shit. But yeah. it's just jail. It's jail. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, yeah, so he was going to escape from the jail with Count Carl von Kossel in a sailboat, which you, is confirmed. How do you secretly build a sailboat in prison? What kind of a prison was this? Uh, again, this is all just written by Carl von Kossel. They see him, like, dragging a mask. And, like, yeah, yeah, that's normal. And this is a guy who's been having visions of a, like, like sexy visions of a countess he's supposedly related to since he was, like, five. Yeah. Is he really a credible source of information? <laughs> and is this German I was guy? A sailboat. Is this German oh, yeah, guy sure he's in were. prison with also a reliable source of information? Because <laughs> Mahathera was one of the few Europe- European-born Buddhist monks in the world, and it ended up being interned once again in Sri Lanka 
during the outbreak of World War II. Wow. So the only other person to even like be able to back up what Carl von Kossel wrote is this motherfucker <laughs> who is like, yeah, I'm a Buddhist monk. I'm like European. I'm so rare. I'm so cool. Let's move to Sri Lanka. And then, oops, I get interned again. Yeah. Can't trust that motherfucker. <laughs> Honestly, though, like if you're a Buddhist monk, I can't trust you. Why? Because like, is isn't like the whole like point of Buddhism to like give up clothing and like food and shit. And like just like own no possessions. How do you live in the modern world and not own possessions? Like they just like walk around and beg for food. It's like being homeless. And you're not even allowed to wear shoes. Wow. I don't actually I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean I don't really know much <laughs> about Buddhism if it if it's obvious. I just know it's like, you know, the Chinese fat guy decided to become Buddha and like, you know, they kind of became a religion, even though he's like, I'm not a god. And they're like, he's definitely a god. Because <laughs> that's how religion works. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know much besides like the orange, you know, robes and shit. Yeah. So at the end of the war, World War One, uh, no prisoner was permitted to return to his former residence on in Australia. So they were all pretty much just like shipped to the prisoners exchange in Holland. Okay. Which just sucks for him. So like the government is like, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to steal all your shit, you know, repossess all your land. And we're just going to put you back in Germany. Yeah, Holland's in Germany, isn't it? Holland's in Holland. Uh, uh, obviously, but wasn't Holland <laughs> at some point a part of the German Empire and then it became Holland after World War One? That's the I know some earlier history, but I don't know anything about history in that yeah, era. Like so, someone's probably gonna be like, oh, he doesn't know history. And you're right, I fucking don't, but I'm pretty sure Holland at one point was part of the German Empire pre World War One and then became Holland in like World War after World War One. Okay. I don't know. Because like I'm pretty sure like they like just like broke Germany up quite a bit after the war. Yeah. Anyways, this is a true crime podcast, not a history podcast, Mel. Very obviously. Very obviously. <laughs> so upon release, Carl von Kossel returned home to Germany to find his mother, whom he had no contact with during the war. So like he just had no contact with anyone, just kinda like went to Australia, just said fuck you all. And then he gets sent back to like, you know, Europe and he's like, Mommy mommy i need help and he lived with her for three years where he witnessed the insanity that was post-war germany aka the weimar republic oh yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's honestly though i feel like i would have like done very well at the weimar and like sure in the weimar have. republic just corrupt as shit i'd like have like a bugatti i wouldn't have any oil for it but I'd just like put it in the like in the front yard and just look at it it'd be nice you know i go you know get a chainsaw hack a bitch up you know, you know it's, it's fun shit it's the weimar republic Go have fuck with like go have sex with like six dudes. Just have fun with it, you know. Best Stab two ever. of them, like sew them together. Give birth to twins, mm -hmm. sew them together. Weimar Republic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in 1920, Tanzler married his wife Doris Schaefer, mm -hmm. who is not a uh, exotic-looking black, dark-haired woman. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. She she's probably I couldn't find a picture, but she's probably blonde hair, blue eyed, like German. Probably fat. She, like, I mean, the name of Doris, it's a fat girl name. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, and then, like, Schaefer, it just sounds like, just like, just like the gelatinous pudding coming out from, like, a fat woman's jowls, like, Schaefer, Schaefer, you know? It's just like, <laughs> You've got some interesting connotations with, with names and sounds and things. Okay, well, I, I still hold to the fact that Doris is a fat girl's name. Okay. I have not, I've not met a... A young Doris or a skinny Doris. So it's a fat old woman. How many Doris's have you met? I think one. Okay. She's a fat old lady. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, hey, anecdotal <laughs> the evidence side. is the only evidence I need. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, he, in 1920, he marries her. And then 1926, he sails from Rotterdam in the Netherlands to Havana, Cuba. Cuba. Hmm. So, of all places, he's like, you know what? Let's go from Rotterdam to Cuba. Could have, like, probably gone to, like, other locations. But he's like, no, let's go to Cuba. Okay. <laughs> yes. And so from Cuba, he settled into Zafrilis, Florida. Oh. See, now I should have probably looked up this pronunciation of this word, of, of this area in Florida, because, you know, I can't fucking pronounce it. It's Zephy. So it's like Z E P H Y R H I L L S. I don't so know. So it's like Zephyr Hills or some that. shit. It might, it might be Zephyr Hills. Yeah. Uh, for some weird reason. Where his sister had already emigrated and was later joined by his wife and two daughters. Oh. So, like, within a few years of living at home with mommy, he, like, just gets married, gets this, knocks this chick up twice, and then leaves without her to Cuba, and then moves to America, and then she, like, follows him. Which I guess is normal, you know. Send the guy out. If he doesn't, you know, write back, he either found another woman or he's dead. (laughs) <laughs> either way assume he's it was dead a different era yeah it was back when men had more rights okay. we had the authority <laughs> we controlled the world mel we could just do <laughs> shit um tanzler is best described as eccentric by his neighbors eccentric. or a strange little man you know what fuck you I'm sorry that's such I, a i know you're me. such a impossible fucking <laughs> nerd you're like it's it's eccentric i don't give a shit <laughs> I don't give it's a shit. So you, know what, I, you know what? I'm about it. Okay. I, I do this all Headphone the warning. Time. I don't give a shit. Now that I <laughs> ear raped our listeners and they now I'm know sorry. I don't give I a shit. I couldn't stop myself. It was just automatic. You but I do that when I. Anything nerd. that I watch, anyone that I'm around, even at work, if I hear someone say something, they pronounce You're it just the wrong way. You're insufferable nerd. You fucking nerd. My as you apologies. should you know what? apologize for everything apologize for everything you've derailed us I'm completely sorry. with one word mel I'm one sorry. fucking word at least i'm not like my cat jumping across the whole table uh, i fucking hate chewbacca <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> get get us get us back get us back in our groove Got mel it. get us back in the groove talking about tansler 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 and kuba yeah, so uh, he's he's described as eccentric by his neighbors or a strange little man because I, I couldn't a get a strange little man. Yeah, I couldn't get his dimensions, but apparently he's pretty short. <laughs> I couldn't get his dimensions. Yeah, now I'm just picturing he's like two feet tall, and they're like, yeah, no, he's a strange no, little man. I'm thinking like like he comes out of like a pot of gold, five six, which is average. But I mean, women these days are like, if you're not six three, I ain't sucking your dick. Right. So I mean, to to most women, he'd be a short little man, but he's probably like you know like five six, five seven. Five six is short. I'm five eight, bitch. <laughs> the fuck saying, are you saying? I'm, I'm short. I do, you're not five six. You, you know we've been around someone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eli, you're not short because you're not five six. Five, two inches makes about a big five, difference. Six. Five six is little. Does two inches like a woman to man? Two inches really make that big of a difference. <laughs> Height-wise, it kind of does, cause, you, cause it depends on where my eyes are if I'm looking, cause like dudes where I gotta like look down at them, it's just oh, like, you're one of those. Adorable. You're one of those. The guy has to be taller than me. It you gotta be at least this tall to ride, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ! And you wonder why women like are so unhappy in their forties when they're not married? They're ignoring all the little guys out there. I'm, not, I'm just little I'm guys not. got something off. Th- think about it this way. 
the smaller the guy is, the easier it is to eat him out with you standing up. Think about it. <laughs> okay. You don't even have to get in uncomfortable positions. He's just right there. Press his face in. <laughs> Words to live by. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he, uh, he was eccentric. Everyone knew he was eccentric. He constantly claimed to have nine university degrees and self-titled himself. I love, I love my, my sentence structure. Self-titled himself. Uh, Count Von Kossel take the name of the countess from his childhood dreams. Oh, that's where that came yeah, from. Yeah, so Interesting. He, he, he took oh, the so name. he wasn't actually a count. Yeah, he wasn't actually a count. Um, he didn't actually have nine university degrees in medicine. And he, uh, for the most part, I am, I'm leaning towards he didn't do any of the shit that I said he did before all this shit. He just, he just wrote about wrote it. About, yeah. yeah, well, in like a prison. Right. So I don't I don't think he did anything. <laughs> he probably did he none didn't do of like it. any of this shit. None of it. But it's like the nineteen twenties. You can just say that you went yeah, and like, you come did from all this shit. Country. Yeah. And you yeah. can claim you had all those degrees because they were not weren't weren't certified, yeah. so you could just say you had And like dumb Americans were like, Oh, he's got a foreign accent. Checks out. <laughs> yeah, so uh but he carried himself and then it's the weird way. He walked around town, carried himself with a sense of self importance. Of course. So he's all high and my chest popped out. He would stroll briskly with a cane all around town. So he's like one of those like guys. He's like, oh, I got a cane. I'm walking around. Chest puffed out. I got these weird like Orville Rudenbacher glasses. Uh, yeah, I'm old. I'm like 50. Let's go. I, I got a German accent. People I, I just, automatically assume I call myself the Count. Count Chocula. Count Dracula. It doesn't matter. I'm a Count. I'm better than you. Right. He and he was better than us, Mel. He was. <laughs> So he would also often walk around the store, like he would walk into stores, not buy anything, and just to show off watches that he claimed were commissioned for him by the Tsar of Russia himself. Oh. So can you just imagine this crazy motherfuckers like seeing hot, naked, like German women like related to him, like ghosts just appear out of nowhere, showing him the, his tit, showing him the tits. You made saying, that part up. Everything's made up, Mel. <laughs> Everything is made up. Let me have my fantasies. Let me have the one good thing for this show, okay? If I can have anything, just let me have German tits, all right? That's all I need in life. Show, showing him the face of the strange woman that he, she's like, this is your love of your life. I know you married that other woman, but this is your true love. <laughs> and he's just walking around saying, yeah, the Tsar of Russia commissioned this watch for me. It's really he nice, isn't it? and, and he's like wiggling it in like people's faces. Like, see, look at the watch. Look yeah, at it, that's huh? That's why they uh-huh. called him a strange little man. Yeah, so he's a, He's a strange little guy. And uh, however, if you were to ask, if any of the ad, the neighbors asked his wife, Doris Schaefer, or any other extended member of his family, if he was like roy- of like royal lineage or whatever, and they, they they just say no. Yeah. They're like, no, he he just says he is, but no, we're, no. Oh my God. Just no. He wasn't even fooling his wife. Yeah. Wasn't fooling his wife, wasn't fooling his sister, wasn't fooling anyone really. Uh, but he, he thought he was, which is the weird part. Oh, so he thought he was yeah, fooling everybody. Yeah, he thought he was fooling everybody, but people were just like, eh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> the, the, he had them for a little bit until they like asked questions. No. And usually when you ask questions, Mel, things just begin to fall apart. So did they begin to fall apart for him? No, no, no. He, <laughs> he's he, the he's exception in his to own, that rule? No, he's just in his own little world. With his cane. With his cane and his watch from the Tsar of Russia, <laughs> which I didn't think would be popular in like the 30s, like the 20s and the 30s to say that you were a friend with Tsar Nicholas. I, have, I, don't, I don't think that would have been a very popular thing to do because people didn't <laughs> like him. Obviously. 
<laughs> yeah. So, uh, and yeah, they, they used to tell his neighbors like he created the title himself. So it's not even like a real count title. Like, I don't think that. So they were like telling the neighbors, yeah, this motherfucker's crazy. Yeah, like I don't even think that, like, as far as I could tell, there is, has never been a, a Count von Kossel of anything in Germany. I think ever. that was a pretty low, that was a pretty low title. I think that one you could either buy or you just had to have a little land. I don't think that. Oh, I know. Like, like right now, England is like selling people like lordships. Yeah, they've been doing that for decades. Yeah, but I mean, now it's like 20 bucks. <laughs> Before it was like a couple thousand. Now it's just like So then you bucks. could have like one of those special names on like Twitter, right? Because that's yeah, $20 yeah. a year, right? Yeah, something like that. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, that is 20 Yes, you're right. Elon, Elon Musk same. is charging rich people $20. And then like, the thing kills me is like a mother, like, like Stephen, Stephen King. King. <laughs> you're worth half a billion dollars. And you're like, fuck that. I'm not going to spend but maybe $20 he bought a for title, this Maybe he bought a title with that. Uh, He's Count Von Stephen King now. That, and he's like, that's oh where God. the $20 went. So I can't be the, an official Stephen King. Okay, if, fucking, he, if I can't he has, have a special star or whatever If he has Twitter like a, a lordship. For 20 bucks. If, if Stephen King buys himself a lordship, he has to buy himself a castle. I'm, you're saying he doesn't now have a castle? Yeah, well, he, I'm assuming <laughs> he does. Because isn't Skeletor's castle like Castle Greymore or some Skeletor? shit? Wait, Skeletor's castle's real? Can I No, go? he I'm just making a joke about him being Skeletor, but I fucked it up. I want to go to Skeletor's castle. I would love to go to Skeletor's. It was isn't like gray like gray skull or something. I had I had a castle gray skull. Yeah, did you? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like moving parts and the yeah, it was cool. And you didn't like Xena the Princess <laughs> Warrior? Big tits. I was, I was it's like He Man with big tits, man. Nowadays was, we have He Man with big tits, but he's got pink hair. They oh. killed He Man. Oh, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Yeah. I, I, All right. No. Let's get back Let's to the, the Count Von Castle. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, much like his title, everyone knew that Tanzler also forged all of his medical degrees and licenses. <laughs> they all knew. Yeah, so essentially, he probably just like took a crayon, wrote on a piece of paper. They call him doctor am, as a joke. I, I okay, am doctor. Doc. <laughs> I is doctor. <laughs> and, uh, but he was considered by everyone to be well-read on medicine, radiology, and x-ray technology. That's because they didn't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, they didn't know shit about it. This is like coming out of like, the time like, period. Wow. Where, like, in America, like, you had, like, a headache, they'd give you an ear nail. <laughs> you know, just jam a hot nail into your ear and be like, <laughs> oh, oh fix God. your headache. Yeah, so they're going from that to, like, let's give women abortions and, like, treat them for, like, weird shit and, like, do all this experimental shit on people because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Germany hasn't had World War II yet, so we don't have all these medical breakthroughs yet. Uh so x-ray machines were probably just horrific back then like giving people like sunburns and shit <laughs> <laughs> like no this is healthy oh absolutely healthy no no way this I'm will cause stand way way over here though <laughs> no they, they probably weren't even behind like a lead wall at that point they probably just think oh it's just light it's not gonna hurt anyone and the doctor's probably like and they're doing a selfie with a patient <laughs> in the big ass building that they had to build to make the x-ray machine because it's just as big <laughs> as a building yeah, so he, he, he forged all of his documents, uh, but it was people were like, oh, we know the fake, but he seems to know what he's doing, so we're just going to let it slide. And Tanzler was not poor. You, you think a guy who's just in, living in his own bubble, doing all this weird shit, traveling the world, not really having a job, you would think he'd be poor, but he's not. Okay. For some strange reason, he was paid a pension by the military for his involvement with World War One. Hmm. Now, I don't know how common it was for POWs who were never in the military to be given like a pension. So he might have had some sort of involvement in World War One outside of that that no right. one knows about. Yeah, that's true. Could but be. again, most of his shit, most of his shitty life is uh, bullshit. So it's hard to tell. 
but uh, yeah, apparently that 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 was a known fact. He he was just getting but the a pension. pension was real. The, the pension was real, yes. Okay. And uh, other than that, other than his detainment, you know, no one no one knows what he did hmm. in the military. Okay. So yeah, so it kind of makes me go. Hmm. <laughs> Why is he getting a pension? Yeah. So regardless of the status of his credentials and the money he was getting in the pension, Tanzler abandoned his family, and decided to get a job. He abandoned his family. Yeah, they were yeah, living with him. Yeah, they were. They yeah they were, but he just like moved out of town and just left them behind. Oh, okay. Damn. And yeah, and just you know, they don't really become like as you can tell, they're not really important to him because there's like no, I've got no information on them really. Yeah. And they're not really a part of his life. They're just kind of there. Because his entire life, he's devoted, a, according to him, he devoted his entire life to searching the world for this exotic, oh, dark-haired woman. for the woman from his vision. Yeah, that, that's why he went to Italy, because he's like, oh, I heard there's a lot of exotic-looking, exotic dark-haired woman, women in Italy. And then that didn't pan out for him, so he's like, Because they oh. all saw him, and he said, that's a strange little guy. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you know, women are shallow, and they don't want to fuck a guy who's like 5'6". No, six. but I mean, he's five, over seven, there. 5'7", like, you have to be 5'7". 5'7", is okay, but 5'6", is too short. But he's talking about having about stuff, and he's got his cane, and he's, and and he's showing his, off his, yeah, his watch. And, and, yeah. and telling and he's people like he's airplanes and boats and, and shit. I mean, like, that's just all, that's just red flag city yeah, right there. Yeah, so, so that's also why he went to Australia, because he heard that in the South Pacific, there's a lot of exotic-looking, dark-haired women. Wow. So he's just going where all the hot women are. Yeah. And just can't get anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, he abandons his family. He says, you know, fuck it, I'm going to get a job despite having all this money because apparently he was getting a lot of money in his pension. Yeah. And he, that's where he began to work at the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West in uh, 1927 under the name Carl von Kossel. Okay. In Key West, Transler bought a cottage on Flagler Avenue and a shack on the beach. Hmm. So he's just buying up property. Like how? Like what were the property values back then? Like they must have been cheap as shit. Because he bought a house in Z- Zephyr Hills or whatever with yeah. it, for his family to stay at. He bought a house for his mom in like Germany, which you know, I'm assuming he did because you know, she's a woman. She can't own like money at that time. You know, she's a woman in Germany. He bought like, all that property and shit in like Australia. Like, how much money did this guy have? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. So he he bought all that shit, like beachfront property, which is probably you know it was described as a shack on the beach, but that's still beachfront. I'll call. I'll, I'll claim it all day. I'll be like, you know what, <laughs> bitch? I got I got a beachfront property, and it's just like one of those like metal shacks you just get from like Home Depot and like wheel it up to like the beach, <laughs> right up to the waterline. Like you can't get any closer than this woman. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so so that's his life up until you know Florida. I but I do want to get into Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos. Mm-hmm. Want to get into her a little bit because she's kind of an interesting character and she's the focal point of today's subject. Because everyone that covers the Tansler case, they go all uh, heavy into Tansler and then they just kind of forget that this woman exists until she's important. So I want to give you a little bit of background on this woman. Okay. So Elena was the daughter of local cigar maker Francisco Pancho Hoyos and Aurora Milagro. Okay. Uh, Elena had two sisters. I couldn't find the name for uh, for the the youngest sister because she kind of like dies really quickly of um, tuberculosis. Like everyone else in Florida apparently died of tuberculosis. I think pretty much everyone. Yeah, everyone everyone dies of, of TB. Yeah, so uh, I, I couldn't find a name for her, but she had an elder sister named Florinda. Okay. Um, and th- they grew up in Key West in a devout traditional Catholic Cuban home. So that's fun. 
Yes. Uh, and by all standards, Elena was considered a local beauty in Key West. Like, everyone just wanted to fuck the shit out of her when they saw her. She was so beautiful that tourists would literally stop her on the street to take photos with them. Huh. Which is really weird because Key West is kind of like known for like 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 the Navy. So like, like she would be walking down the street and a bunch of Navy guys like want to pretend to be my girlfriend and take a photo with me. That way I can like you know jerk off to your photo while I'm on a boat full of dudes also jerking off to your photo. Because <laughs> I'm assuming that's what 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 they're trying to like like the source is very nicely trying to say. It's just like yeah. she would get stopped on the street by lonely guys and be like, hey, you're beautiful. Can I take a picture with you? Hmm. So I can tell my parents that I'm not gay. <laughs> um. She, so yeah, so very beautiful, and I mean she really was. I saw some pictures of her. And she was pretty good looking for like the like the twenties and the thirties, you know. Yeah, like kind of like a flapper girl, honestly, like like a good stripper. Uh, Elena was said to have enjoyed Rudolph Valentino movies, cooking for her family and friends, and dancing at the social club La Brisa. Ah. So yeah, definitely like like honestly La Brisa. Like I, I saw some pictures of like La Brisa from back in the day. Yeah, flappers, flappers everywhere. She literally just, you know, was probably like a, like the, the their equivalent of the stripper, because that's what flappers were. They were just strippers. Okay. And that's all you got. I, like, I, I'm over here like degradating like women. You're just like, okay, uh, I can I accept that. I don't know. I just uh, I don't know. What do you know about, about strippers, it? Mel? I don't know anything about strippers. You don't know anything about strippers? No. Well, fortunately for you, I know quite a bit about strippers. Okay. And I will say this: they all do have daddy issues, and they all like money, and that's about it. Okay. I I, I had something more important to say about strippers, but I totally lost track of it thinking about all the strippers. <laughs> Man, brain, just you know, hey, I had this important thought. Oh, strippers, distraction. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, she hung out at Club La Brisa. Elena was also an accomplished singer, despite being very shy. Which I don't know how the fuck that happens. How does anyone know you're a singer if you're too shy to sing? Well, you just basically, I think, have a really amazing natural voice. So once in a while, someone hears it. What, all the men waiting outside your window at night to take p- pictures with you in the morning? Who the fuck is, like, listening to her? I don't know. Maybe singing in the shower. I don't know. So it's Singing is a natural thing that people do sometimes. But it's like if you have a good natural voice, people will say, wow, you're an amazing singer. But they don't want to sing in front of other I people. I guess maybe I've just become too jaded with all the time I've spent living in New York. Because I'm walking down the sidewalk and some bitch, some random person is like singing. I'm crossing the street. Because I know when a motherfucker is down the street in New York and they're just singing their heart out, they're probably going to cut your head off with a razor blade. Oh, because, you know, fucking New York, we're all crazy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so she, she was kind of like the local hottie. Everyone kind of wanted her. She had a lot of guys courting her. And at 16, she married a Louis Meza and was expecting the first child where she miscarried and then fell sick with a cough. Hmm. Bah, bah, bah. What do you think that cough was, Mel? I'm assuming it was tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. Her her family assumed that she just had a cough because, you know, she was being sad about the miscarriage, which I don't know. Do women normally get a cough after they have a miscarriage? I really don't know. Like, I'm a guy, and I know, like, when I get sad and depressed, I don't get a cough. Do you get a cough? No. So maybe her parents aren't fucking medical professionals. What do you think? Probably not. Yes, but yeah, so they, they thought that, you know, oh, my God, she got the cough. It's just because of the miscarriage. It's really sad. But the cough persisted. 
And it uh, ended up being tuberculosis, which is the number one cause of death in Key West at the time. Mm. A lot of Cubans, a lot of smokers, just a lot of smog everywhere. They're all dying. Uh, so, yeah, so it was, it was very common with families of workers in the tobacco industry, mm, of which yeah, her father sense. worked at a cigar factory. Uh, Mesa left for Miami, abandoning Elena as her sickness worsened. So she was like, technically, she's still married to the guy, like when she died, but like they only like were together for like two or three years, and then in that time she had a miscarriage, got tuberculosis, and he said bye, bitch, and just left. Wow. Yeah, just fucking left. I mean, again, those were the good old days where you could just do that shit. Mm. Just you know, like, you know, I don't want this anymore. And just leave. Yeah. More people should just be able to like leave. So at twenty, Elena lost her little sister to tuberculosis, and a brother-in-law who was electrocuted while on a, con- a construction job the same week. Oh, wow. So she has a really shitty week. Yeah. She gets a miscarriage. She gets tuberculosis. And then like a year later, her sister, little sister dies, and then she loses her brother-in-law in the same week. Wow. Can you just say depressed? Yeah. And, uh, you know, because she's tubercul- tubercular and she's dying, Elena was referred to the Marine Hospital for tests on April 22nd, 1930 where she met a doctor named Carl Tonsler, who was then 53, and Elena was only 21. Hmm. So quite a big age gap between the two. Yeah. And he immediately fell in love with her. Saw her as like, you know what, this is the woman. This is the woman that my ancestors has been showing Except me in her magical tits. she's tuberculosis. She probably didn't look that good. No, no, she still looked good. No, but I'm just saying, like, you see someone for the first time and they're, like, sickly. They have a Yeah, they, they have, like, a weird pallet. But then again, he's German- Knowing the stuff I know about him later on in life, he's probably into women that are a little bit pale. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you get like that weird green glow when you're sick. He's probably into that. Oh. Also, he's been searching for this woman his entire life. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't really get picky. He's also like 50-something years old. Yeah. Can't afford to get picky. So, uh, Tanzler immediately recognized her as the dark-haired woman that had had been revealed to him in his earlier visions his entire life. Smitten with Elena, Tonsler offered her poor family his services for free of charge, which they gladly accepted. Hmm. So he's like, I will cure your daughter for free. And they're like, oh, you say you're a doctor. Must be a doctor. Hell yeah. This is awesome. So with his self-professed medical knowledge, Tanzler attempted to cure her with a variety of medicines, as well as an x-ray machine and electrical equipment that he brought to Elena's home from the hospital. Okay. That sounds uh, weird. Yeah, it, it gets weird. It, it just kind of shows he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Tonsler concocted potions and tonics out of gold. He used a lot of gold leaf. So, like, think of about it like a really shitty gold schlager. It's pretty much what he's given her. It's mm. a really shitty gold schlager. And then he, 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 would, he would have her drink these tonics and these little, little potions. And then he would shock her with electrodes connecting to her body, you know, i.e. probably her nipples and her toes and her nose, uh, via transformers. And then he would give her medicinal wines to drink afterwards. So he kept her drunk. He kept her full of gold, gold and then he, like, electrocuted the shit out of her. Damn. That's how he was treating her, Mel. Last time I checked, that doesn't help any, anyone with lung problems. Really doesn't. Really doesn't. Um, I, I think his theory was that like electricity is like you know recently become a thing, and it's like this wondrous power, and he could just like kill whatever's like killing her. Yeah, th- there's a lot of weird, yeah, like, a lot of weird su- medical pseudoscience going on. Yeah. Not that there isn't today too, but yeah. back then it was like 
you know, the yeah, stuff that, that was also really back then when like people thought that like gold was conductive. It's really not, by the way. Hmm. So uh, Tonsler then starts to court the sick and dying Elena, much to her family's annoyance. So while he's treating her, he's just popping in their home whenever the fuck he feels like it, bringing all this equipment that they don't understand. He's hitting on their hot young daughter who's dying. And they're like, you know what? This guy's a little fucking weird. Because he's yeah. always telling them telling Strange them about the gold man. watch he got from the czar. And he's walking around with a cane. And he's buying all this property and shit. Like he's fucking, you know, the Monopoly man. Yeah. Kind of looks like a Monopoly yeah, guy, yeah, too. Give him, give him, like, the hat. And Where's you could be, like, the Monopoly man. I, uh, just, it's, the monocle's just like a, a pair of glasses cut in half, right? <laughs> just, just you know, much. like, cut his glasses in half. Boom, he's got a monocle. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, though. Uh, every day, Tanzler would come to their home to treat, I'm putting treat in quotes, Elena, and during his visits, he would shower, shower her with gifts of clothing and jewelry. So Even just, though she's she's bedridden yeah. and dying? Oh, yeah, I know. He was, he was like, I want to get in them buns. I want to get all up inside them buns. And he's just really simping hard on her, on this uh. poor dying girl. And it was around this time that Tonsler buys a wingless plane that he keeps at the hospital. A plane that doesn't have wings? Yeah, it doesn't have wings. And the hospital is like, yeah, you can totally keep your plane here on our property. Pseudo plane? Yeah. like It's really weird. But he told Elena he named it Countess Elena and proclaimed that one day they would fly away together on it. He also claimed that it was amphibious and that one day they would sail away on, sail away on it, too. Hmm. So he's obviously <laughs> very, very, like, just on solid ground, Mel. <laughs> he is sane as sane can be. Uh, yeah, so uh, he used the plane as a way to try to impress her and would start his proposals to Elena. Every day he would come, you know, to treat her. He would say... Hey, let's get married. Will you marry me? He kept, he kept you know, ba- begging her to marry him. And he picked up the speed on trying to get her to marry him shortly after the night of Elena's sister's Florina Medina's wedding. So he sees that her sister is getting married, and he's like, I want that. And he starts asking even more. Right. Really hounding this woman. Kind of like an incel. Like, he gives me, like, incel vibes. But, Does like, he? not the incel who can't get pussy, because obviously he has gotten pussy. He's got two kids. More like the incel who can't get the pussy that he wants. Uh, isn't that all men, though? No, no. See, I get too much pussy. No. Oh. That's my problem. <laughs> yes, I, I clearly, I, I get so much. You know, it's, it's hard to hold on to this mouse, because my fingers are just so slick with pussy juice. Like, I just get so much pussy, Mel. Okay, it's, it's obvious, right? It's obvious. Did I did I tell you I get so much pussy? I get so much. I get too much pussy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so he saw the wedding, got jealous, and was like, you know what? Fuck it, I want that. So he went harder. You know, instead of saying it once a visit, he'd say it twice a visit. Pretty much every time he laid eyes on her, he would say, "Marry me, marry me, Elena, marry me." Oh, well, she probably oh, Elena, Elena, Elena would, would you marry me? Yeah, no, because she's fucking dying. dying of tuberculosis. Yeah, um, that's not a gentle disease either. Yeah, and I have to say, during this entire time with Elena and her family, Tonsler never mentioned his wife or his children. Interesting. Makes sense, though. Yeah, I mean, it does make sense, but like he's just like completely forgotten about them. 
And it's weird because he's technically not divorced and he's still trying to get this other woman to marry him, which I'm pretty sure was like a crime, like yeah, a major crime like, back that's then. It's always been illegal. I mean, it's always been illegal, but like that was like something you'd go to jail for back then. Nowadays, yeah. they just say, you know, not deny your application until you like, you know, get the divorce papers kind right. of thing. Uh, so it was around this time that Tonsler began to wear out his welcome with Elena's family, which to me seems like it came too late. Honestly, you start bringing in like big electrical electrical equipment and yeah. electrocuting my sick daughter. Uh, the first day you do that, you're you've already worn out your welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not. That's I'm not, not going to no wait there. literally a year or two before you start pissing me off. <laughs> yeah. Um, they argued with Tanzler constantly about Elena's treatments and the condition of which she was in because it just kept getting worse because yeah. he has tuberculosis there's really no cure for it at, yeah. at this time so he's just dr frankensteining this bitch and people are just like dude just let her die yeah just let her die in peace uh tanzler claimed that the condition was only worsening due to the cuban culture of smoking cigars and the family constantly bringing people in and out of the house at all hours and he kind of has the point hmm because, like, her dad would just, like, sit at, like, the like side of her bed all day smoking cigars. Nice. Which is just great for people with tuberculosis. Yeah. And then, like, just random people would just, like, be common. Like, they bring people in and out of the house all the time. Which I don't know if you know, but tuberculosis can spread very quickly. So, she's probably given giving all these people coming to see her tuberculosis just by being near them. Damn. Yeah. And they all smoke cigars, too. So, no, no wonder why everyone is just fucking dying in Florida. Of tuberculosis everywhere every fucking where you know, <laughs> all, all, honestly, this, all though, the stuff that i've read from that era just like the tuberculosis hospital and just like just like row after row and it's just like, like a commonplace thing and yeah. i'm like people get used to that i guess yeah they do honestly what we need to do is bring tuberculosis back to florida and wipe out all the old people i want my cheap real estate <laughs> you want your shack on the seaside yeah, I, I want my shack on the seaside and i want that 20 year old cuban whore that's what i want in with life. no wings Honestly, I will live in a plane of no wings on a beach in Florida. Next to a shack. Next to a shack. I don't have to own the shack, just next to the shack. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, he, so he was like, no, dudes, it, it's the smoke and the cigars. Which, I mean, yes, he, he's right, but I don't want to give him credit because he's not a fucking doctor. That's the one thing he was right about. Yeah, in his life. it's like the one thing he's been right so far about is like the smoking. Um, Poncho, however, was convinced that Elena wasn't getting any better because of Tonsler's strange golden elixirs and his devil machinery that he brings into the house constantly. So her dad would just always yell him about like, oh, you're giving her though this gold weird wizardry shit and then you're bringing this devil box into her house and <laughs> electrocuting her with it. Because, you know, he's like, you know, Catholic, like traditional Catholic. So, yeah. you know, any medicine is the devil machinery. And uh, also, apparently, he was mad because Tonsler had a habit of taking Elena on car rides. Even though she's dying of tuberculosis? Damn. Yeah, but that's not uncommon. I remember reading like a lot of books in like Eng like English they like just literature. Wrap them up in a bunch of yeah. They, they, they would shit. like wrap them in blankets and like drive them out to the countryside because the country air would like, right. would help them, which was true. I mean, it didn't stop them from dying, but the breathing clean air versus yeah. breathing the smog of London way better for tubercular people. Yeah, and so he's not wrong about that. But again, he's a fucking dipshit. I don't want to give him credit for being man. yeah, strange little man. I don't want to give him credit for anything. Yeah. Um. He would eventually, however, remove the equipment after shouting, 
Will you take responsibility of letting your daughter die through your own stupidity? Wow. Which can you just imagine Orville Redenbacher just shouting that as he's like moving his devil machinery out of the house and he's like all <laughs> he's like he's like devil throwing a, a temper tantrum like a little kid like well you're gonna have to tell your daughter why she's fucking dying because you won't let me electrocute her yeah but it's Orville Redenbacher doing that yeah fucking hey man she that that bring that brings pop microwavable popcorn like a whole new light <laughs> it really does it really does. it changes life man and that wasn't the only reason why he fought with Elena's family. They were getting fucking tired of him constantly pestering her to marry him. Right. So they were just like, you know what? Elena repeatedly told you that she was too old for you, that, that you were too old for her, and that she wasn't even divorced from her husband yet. Right. And he was like, the fuck's that guy do with me? He pulled like a complete Chad move. He was like, the fuck's that guy do with me? I'm a completely different guy. This ain't got nothing. It's, it's between them. You know, my name is Paul. This is between y'all. You know, go fuck yourself. I'm going to marry the bitch. <laughs> and in the quote to the Miami Herald, Florinda said, Elena never loved Tanzler. She was only nice to him because my mother told her that she should be kind to those who were kind to her. She looked upon Von Kossel as a grandfather. And when he proposed marriage, she always told him, you are too old. Why, you are old enough to be my grandfather. What's more, I do not love you. It became so persistent that he asked th- that we asked him to stay away from the house. Hmm. And again, that that uh, that doesn't go very well when they ask him to stay away from the house because Tanzler gets in an argument with Poncho where Poncho demanded Tanzler stay away from the them entirely like yeah. not even treating like he didn't want to see Tanzler at the hospital when they brought Elena to the hospital. He's like, fuck you get away. And uh, Tanzler left, but not before giving a very sinister-sounding threat of, if there is not a wedding in the family soon, there will be a funeral. Wow. So it was around this time, he believed that the only thing killing Elena was the fact that she was not receiving his love. So he genuinely believed... Crazy, he genuinely believed if he married her, she would not have died or wouldn't die. He seems like the type who would believe something weird like that. Yeah, he also believed that his watch came from Tsar Nicholas. So, I mean, come on. Yeah, and he's been having visions all his life and of a woman and showing a, him her breasts. A plane that he a plane he's going <laughs> to take his new wife away and it has no wings, so. Yeah, that can he's also float. He's kind of a weird guy. Yeah. And Ed that also floats. So, uh, to 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 really make this uh the, the, this breakup with Tonsler like real, the family moved. No, yeah, they, they move to. A, they don't move out of town. They just move to a different house. They don't tell him where they go. Yeah, but that doesn't really stop him at all. Because undeterred, Tonsler would walk around, up and down their old street late at night, knocking on doors, asking every person, every neighbor he came across where the family went. Yeah. That sounds like, and he was looking too. very sad, very distraught, very disheveled, which is really weird because he usually is like very clean, you know, button downs and everything, with very clean with his cane, and he's all disheveled, probably drunk, you know, off schnapps or whatever Germans drink. And uh, honestly, I would have felt bad, but I wouldn't have told him a goddamn thing. There's one neighbor in every neighborhood that's a cunt that you don't like. I'm willing to bet this woman who told him where they moved was the neighbor that did not like the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Because she pretty much just tells them, like, hey, you know what? They live over you know, over there across town. And immediately, boom, he's there. That night, he's at their new place, knocking on the door, 
poncho shits himself. You thought he would never see Tonsler ever again. Yeah. And uh, for days, Tonsler kept showing up every day for days, for weeks, knocking on the door, trying to get in. You know, he would sit on the porch and, you know, like a, like a mailman, just regardless of the weather, just waiting. <laughs> and eventually, uh, they they let him in. Yeah. Because they realized they really needed a doctor. He was the only thing that they could afford. And she was literally on her deathbed. So they're just kind of like, all right, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. Just, just come and just don't bring your devil box. No devil boxes. No devil boxes. Um. And while he was there harassing them, he pretty much kept telling them that they needed him. Yeah. Um. So what kind of like followed uh, soon after that was an on again, off again relationship with the family where Tonsler's medical treatments were accepted, but they kept sidestepping his proposals. Right. So he's, the, the minute he starts treating her again, the proposals start back up. And th- at this point, she's practically comatose. So he's like proposing yeah, to like a late stage. Yeah. She's just dying. Yeah. Of like long shit. And uh, around this time, back in Zephyr Hills or Zephyr Hills or where the fuck you want to like, can you name your town like something less complicated, please, Florida? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, his youngest child died of diphtheria, something that had completely gone under his radar. Yeah. Doesn't mention it. He just doesn't give a shit about the other family. He's just pr- pursuing Elena. And uh, on October 25th, 1931... Elena dies at the age of 22. Wow. So within like a year or so of being treated by him, she just dies. Yeah. Kind of out of the blue too. Well. Well, I, I will get into that later, but it's not expected for her to have died that quickly. Oh, okay. Uh, in 1940, Elena's cousin interviewed by the Tennessean son recounted Elena's last days. Elena's two rescues from death via electric shock by Tonsler von Kossel had been so painful that Elena finally died hating her rescuer and begged to be allowed to stay dead. She forbade the family to let von Kossel know until she was too far across the border to be recalled. Hmm. So, yeah, so she, she was she was dying and she would like, you know, go flatline and then he would electrocute her to like resuscitate her to bring her back. And he kept doing that because he just didn't want her to die because he's like obsessed with her. Right. And the family is just kind of letting him do it. And she's like begging like, no, don't let him come back to shock me. Just let me die. I just want to die. That's horrible. Like at this point, she's just like, fuck this guy. Fuck everything. I just want to fucking die. Wow. Yeah, and uh, in Tonsler's memoirs, he recalled being very angry at not being informed sooner by the family. In my desperation, I called out to Elena's brother-in-law. If you had come to me half an hour earlier, perhaps it wouldn't have been too late. He lost time trying all the doctors in town, but none were at home. And if her father had driven home at breakneck speed instead of driving to the nearby hospital where the doc- where we doctors might have saved her life. Hmm. So, yeah, his English wasn't very good, but essentially he's like mad like the dad like didn't drive her to the hospital faster. Right. <laughs> I mean, she was dying yeah. of tuberculosis. I, mean, I don't know if yeah. speed's really an issue at that point. Yeah, speed's not really an issue, but uh, they, they they were just trying to let her like get like the last fuck you in the, at Tans- Tansler, it seems. Just like just letting her die, just letting yeah. her get what she wants. Because th- 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 at that point they were just like, you know what? We don't like the guy. She's dying. Let's just let it end. 
Yeah. Um. So uh, Tonsler list like for some strange reason they let Tonsler write down the cause of death and like you know like you know state what it was. Uh, he listed it as expiration from a series of violent seizures clinical clinically associated with dormant epilepsy. Hmm. So she doesn't even die of tuberculosis, according to him. She, she died of an epileptic seizure. Interesting. Yeah. Not really a doctor. No. Yeah. So, um, however, there's like, you know, that was, that's the only paperwork. There was never an official autopsy done on Elena, likely due to her having the incur- incurable tuberculosis. Right. So they're just like, you know, she's going to die. There can't be any foul play suspected. Right. There, however, were police logs made at the time of claims um, of threats made by Tansler to the family and testimonies of friends and neighbors who witnessed Tansler persuading Elena to drink his strange golden concoctions in double doses a week prior to her death. Interesting. Yeah. So so I didn't even realize that there might actually have been... I thought that she just died. There might actually have been foul play. Like, I didn't actually know that, you know... Yeah, so the, the, there's foul she play. Yeah, she, she didn't just die of tuberculosis, but uh, she could have just died of tuberculosis too. Yeah, but because uh, all this stuff is hearsay at this point. Yeah. Shortly after Elena's death, Tansler talked the family into letting him stay in her room, where he paid a fee of twenty bucks a month, which is around three hundred forty-five dollars in today's money. So he rented her room, kept it just as it was, slept in her deathbed and everything. Hmm. Uh, Tansler also paid for her funeral, which the family let him do. And with the family's permission, he built her an elaborate above-ground mausoleum in Key West. Interesting. However, he did refuse to put her married name of Mesa on it. And instead, in the bottom left corner of the entire mausoleum, he engraved CTD Castle, which stands for Countess Damsel Castle. Which, again, is another fake title made up by Tansler. And he wanted to give it to her in order to further tie them to the two of them together. Right. Since Makes he was sense. incapable of marrying her. Yeah. And you can actually see the engraving yourself. They have it at the Fort Martello Museum in Key West, where they have like the hunk of it just there. You can go look at it. It's, it's kind of cool, I guess. Hmm. You're into that kind of memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, in his memoir titled The Secret of Elena's Tomb, he recalls, after Elena's funeral, some Cuban who had, who he had never seen before indulged in a piece of fiery oratory wherein he demanded punishment for the person responsible for her early death. Whether he meant me, I did not know and could care less. Hmm. So even before like she's like in the ground, people are suspecting that she was murdered. Wow. Um, yeah. And F- Tonsler visited Elena's mausoleum every night for two years just go there every night he brought her gifts and he even installed a telephone in the mausoleum just in case she got up in the middle of the night the middle of death and and just wanted to i i don't know why other than the fact that he's crazy why he would put a telephone in there however (laughs) booty call (laughs) uh however uh, he did claim that he would hear her voice on the telephone telling him things Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, telling him to like rescue her from her like stone tomb and wow. just constantly rescuing her. And on these visits, he writes in his memoir that Elena would also sometimes like appear before him, like when he'd be sitting outside of it and she would just sing to him. Wow. 
Yeah. That's 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 not creepy. Yeah, so for two years he's doing this late at night and and uh uh yeah, so eventually in April of nineteen thirty three, Tansler creeps into the cemetery like he hasn't been creeping for the past two yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he's extra creepy on this night. Because he <laughs> removes Elena's body from the mausoleum, carting it out on the great out of the graveyard in a toy wagon. Nice. Yeah, so he's nice got like touch. a little red flyer and he's just got the bot. Like Elena's like half rotten corpse hanging out of it because you know she's too big for the red flyer. And he's just like strolling down the street with his cane and his watch and pretending like that's just a normal thing that you're doing. And if there's any witnesses, they shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, you see that, you don't say Yeah, anything. you don't say a goddamn uh, thing about that. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, she wanted him to free her from her stone prison. When he got her home, he began to wire her bones back together using coat hangers and whatever else he could find. Uh, he also fitted her face with glass eyes because she had no eyes at this point. However, it is, needs to be said that she still had skin. Hmm. It's just the joints the con- connecting all the bones were just like fucking rotted away and she had no eyes. Wow. So she's like beef jerky at this point with like bones. Yeah. Uh, over the course of the next nine years, Tonsler would consistently layer silk dipped in wax and plaster over her rotting flesh. Nice. So he makes like a cast out of her. He claimed that he was instructed to do so by Elena, who appeared to him while he slept. Wow. And he slept in bed next to her. Like, he kept her body right in bed. In fact, he did a lot of things with her body. I mean, like, where else would you keep a body, though? I know, right? Like, maybe the fridge? How are you going to fit a body in a fridge? Unless it was you, in pieces. Well, Mel, you're, you're, you're doing a, like a horror true crime podcast, and you're going to ask me, <laughs> how do you fit a body in a fridge? <laughs> we will find people who will fit bodies in fridges, okay? Yeah. Uh, Tonsler used copious amounts of perfume, disinfectants, and preserving agents to not only mask the odor, but in order to keep her fresh until he figured out how to make her alive again. So nice. his whole plan was to bring her back alive like his fucking Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Which, honestly, I don't think that's what Mary Shelley... Was it Mary Kelly or Mary Shelley? Mary I can't remember. Shelley. Yeah, I don't think that's what she envisioned, you know, for her story to inspire. <laughs> you know, like, isn't the story about, like, abortions or some shit? Or, like, a I, miscarriage I, or something like that? I have heard that. I, I doubt very much that she intended for some old German fuck to, like, be digging up a Cuban woman and, like, trying to bring her back to life so he could fuck her. <laughs> uh so he he described that as her hair fell out he fashioned a wig not only from the hair that she had at the time but apparently for some strange fucking reason i guess this is like a traditional thing elena's mother gave him some hair from her head during the funeral yeah hair used to be uh very it used to be a sort of talisman it used to be like yeah like like like, i I get like why like like the parents would have the lock of hair or like like the sister but why would you give this weird german fuck a piece of her hair i don't know that's the weird part yeah maybe they just thought he would like leave them the fuck alone if they gave like him some of her hair or some shit yeah uh i want to know how crusty that hair was of just years i'm holding up to his face so he's jerking off vigorously because he's german so they're weird (laughs) <laughs> you know just breathing it in uh, just, uh, fucking creepy uh, he filled her cadaver with rags so that she could maintain her original form so like her tits are like deflating because they're rotting so he's like you know what boob job time just stuffed like shit underneath the mannequin like underneath the cast yeah they was making of her so she would have tits again 
nice. I don't think that's how they work. Yeah. Um, and he dressed her in her own clothing that he stole from her room, as well as the original uh, dress that she was buried in. And uh, he, he covered in like you know dresses, skirts, stockings, lots of jewelry, and oddly enough, gloves. Hmm. I don't know why he did the gloves thing. I mean, maybe he's sleeping because the next to it. fingers were rotting so badly. But they he, were just he was wrapping them in. He was he was wrapping them in like silk. But they're it's a very but they're very fine though. The fingers are very small. Yeah, yeah. It might the, have been better to just hold it all together in a glove. Well, I mean, or I don't even, I don't even know how he got a glove on there because like I saw pictures of her like a cask or a cast. He, he gave her mittens. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know how he got a glove on there, but he, apparently he did. Or maybe he like placed them like on her tits, you know, like laid the gloves on her. Oh. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it's kind of like a weird shrine he had going on for her. Uh, yeah. So occasionally, Tonsler would bring Elena to the shack on the beach. Fun date in night the, in the radio flyer. Like in yeah, the yeah, wagon? yeah. Like like in the wagon or the and back of his the car. Strange little man with the yeah. dead woman. Yeah, like like he, he like sometimes he would do it in the little radio flyer. Sometimes he would do it in the back of his car. Sometimes he would just walk down the street with her. Take her to a drive-in. Yeah. Drive yeah, it's just fucking weird shit. Like, again, how has nobody been watching this motherfucker do it? Or if they have, they've literally just been staying silent yeah. this entire fucking time. And, uh, yeah, so he brought her to the beach. He even brought her to the airplane a few times that he still kept at the hospital in the hopes that one day they would still fly away together. Wow. Yeah, isn't in the, that sad? In the plane with no wings. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Date night, man. He, he He's romantic <laughs> as fuck. Uh, he did somehow manage to hide what he was doing until one day in October 1940. A neighbor witnesses Tansler dancing with Elena in his living room through an open window. Mel, if you're going to wow. dance with a corpse in your living room, are you going to make sure the yeah, window's make sure closed? The windows are, make you got to sure make sure the, the window's closed are, on that one guy. On that. Yeah. You know, again, or just make sure you don't have nosy fucking neighbors. Because apparently and he's got nosy fucking neighbors. I just can't even imagine what it must have smelled like. And he's has a, it, a lot of perfume and a lot smelled. of bleach and Clorox but and shit. But even then, all the combination of those smells plus the actual smell of rotting flesh, know, it must it, have been horrific. Yeah, but again, he loves her. Mel. Was that the smell of love? It's the smell of love. That's the smell love of spring. Love and formaldehyde. Hey, man. That, hey, that's a good name for an episode, love and formaldehyde. I'm into it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the neighbor immediately doesn't call the cops. She doesn't like immediately go to the police and say, "Hey, this weird German guy is hey, dancing." It was with the these corpse. days. The, the fruit, she would get it on on TikTok on, or some shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for so likes. She, she does <laughs> the, like the 1940s equivalent of TikTok. Calls her and neighbor. starts gossiping. About oh, okay. It. So uh, she like really immediately. did. Uh, so that like, was social yeah, media. Yeah, like like immediately the starts of, like, like gossiping cans about tied it. Tied with like you know string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you know, that crazy crowd dances with a with a dead woman in his living like, room. Like, wait, he'll right? do it tomorrow. Everybody come over. So they had like a drink night. Popcorn and shit. And eventually, the rumors reaches uh, Florinda's ears. Which the, at this, the mother? No, the older sister. The older sister, okay. Because at this time, everyone else in their family's dead. Oh, geez. Tuberculosis. Wow. Yeah. Florinda's the only living like relative at, at this point in the immediate family. Uh, she gets really pissed, not only because you know the cops weren't called, and she found out through the rumor mill that he's like fucking her dead sister that she didn't know he fucking even was doing anything yeah. with. Like, apparently, she didn't even know that he was visiting her, like, grave. Yeah. And so she goes and confronts Tansler at his home, where he discovered 
where he's discovered with her sister's body and they immediately begin to fight. And when confronted by Florinda, Tanzler yelled, you never looked after her for the past nine years. She has been under my care all these years. I have paid for all of her expenses, not you. I own that tomb and everything that is inside it, not you. Wow. So this motherfucker is saying, she's been living in my house for the past nine years rent free. I own her body. Wow. I don't think that's how that works, Mel. No, I don't think that's how that works I don't think all. you can just like dig up a dead body, have it for nine years, and be like, you know what? Finders keepers. Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, that, I don't think that's how that works. And you definitely can't charge your family rent. No. No, no. I mean, if anything, that's just immoral. If anything. Strange It's rude. Man. Strange little German man. So he immediately gets arrested, detained for the wanton desecration of Elena's tomb with malicious intent and for removing a body without authorization. However, Tanzler was only charged with the destruction of a grave officially just because stealing her corpse was not illegal at the time yeah i remember that from uh all my studies of the yeah. uh, resurrectionists in yeah England. how, ma- how many studies in, into to, corpse robbery and fuckery were you, were you in i've read books it's, it's really fascinating stuff but it was interesting because they had to when they were digging up a body they had to be very careful to remove all the clothes and jewelry because that was theft if you took even oh, a so, single so you, ring, you can't take the ring. As you can't theft, take the ring. That you was can take theft, the body, but you could steal the body because they did not have a law that said it was illegal to take the bodies. So that's why they did things like they would put the coffin in a big iron cage. That's why they hired Jesus guards Christ. to do all the shit. I honestly feel. I feel like it, I would be more weirded out if they took the body and not the jewelry. But that's why you you had uh, there were poor people that were grieving their dead friends, and they would go and they would beg the anatomist to not take their friend, and they were just you know God turned damn. away because it was nothing. There's literally that's why there's this there was this fear, this cultural fear of their loved ones' bodies being stolen because it was it was happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's happening in like England, but this is happening in America too. I actually don't know that it was. I, I guess that it was if they didn't actually have laws. But that that fear, that cultural fear, in England, yeah, really yeah, fun that, to read I mean, about. That was very real. Uh, there, there's a thing we're gonna cover about the Tyne, uh, Times uh, Tynes murder, mm-hmm. where they just found like a box like in the river with like a bunch of hacked up body parts. And there, the police's immediate thought was like it was just like a bunch of like doctors, student, like med- med- medical students playing a prank. Oh, wow. So that's just how dark and macabre like England was around that time. Yeah, we should do so, a whole yeah, episode. We should do on, like, like like weird the grave robbery. Yeah, in England, that a lot was of awesome. weird shit. There's actually a couple of murderers who were doing that, killing people and then the selling their Burks. bodies. Hey, <laughs> look at you! Hey, they verbed that man. Yes, the burking. <laughs> the burking. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't burk her. He just fucks her. Yeah. In this story. Uh, once the case was made public, it immediately drew national attention, where the overall view of Tanzler was sympathetic. People saw him as a sympathetic, like, uh, romantic. A lot of women were actually kind of turned on by him. They're like, oh, he's so These cute. These are the same women that, it's like, write love, love letters to uh, serial killers in prison, though, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's, but it's the this, same is, sort of this is, like, probably, like, 60 years before women started doing that. Yeah, but they're the same type of woman. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Like the type that's like, choke me, and then hit me in the face with an axe as I have an orgasm. Those kind of women. Okay, Cheryl or Carol. Uh, again, I mean, hey. <laughs> hey, you know. uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, they arrested him. Everyone was sympathetic. Woman thought he was just a, an adorable old man who was just lonely. Um, he's a tragic romantic. His lawyer liked him so much that he offered to represent him pro bono. 
And uh, throughout his entire time, and it was a trial, people came from all over the country to give him treats. Like, like women were baking him cookies and shit and just giving them to him. So, Mel, let me ask you this. Will I have to fuck a dead Cuban woman for you to finally fucking make me cookies? Hey, man, I have made you cookies. It's been months. It has, months. It has, it has actually been months. Months, hey, I and I need my cookies. I pumpkin pie on Halloween. That doesn't count. Okay. I asked for it. <laughs> uh, Elena's body was examined at this time by pathologist Dr. Julio DePoo. <laughs> da poo You eat da poo you, you pick da poo You smell da poo You eat da poo Okay. <laughs> uh, his last name Dapoo just woke like awoke my like inner like nine year old. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. Yeah. So he he initially declared that there was no evidence of necrophilia on her corpse. Hmm. However, thirty years later in 1972, he would admit that during his initial examination there was a vaginal tube uh, that was wide enough for uh, sex to be allowed. Well, that's kind of evidence right there. Yeah, and at, at the bottom of the tube was cotton. It was like stuffed with cotton, and he examined the cotton and found that it was very crusty with a lot of sperm uh, in the cotton. And he even noted that there's tuberculosis in the cotton. What is? How do you get tuberculosis in it? Everyone's got tuberculosis. It's, it's covered on everything. It's just everywhere, man. But yeah, yeah, just a lot of sperm in the cotton. A lot okay. of sperm, and in in the tube and just everywhere. She's just covered in sperm. Hmm. Uh, but it's likely that he hid his initial findings from everyone um, because he, he said he wanted to prevent further scandal involving her family. Right. Probably. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Uh, sh- her story kind of became like a big thing for like feminist groups these days because they, they use her as an example of men using women even after death and then protecting their own. Because hmm. essentially that they accuse the doctor of hiding the information to protect the uh like just the image overall of male doctors and how they're not creeps who like to fuck dead corpses right yeah and you know again this kind of just instills instills his views and in, in, in me when i look at the story uh women are just meat even after your death you're just meat hmm. and i like meat <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's just often brought a lot, uh, you know, about the authority men in uh, authority positions abusing women. Right. Uh, which can you really say that she's a woman at this point? I I I don't know. It's corpses are Mel? are an interesting cultural Mel? entity. What? What is a woman? <laughs> and now we're canceled. <laughs> Matt Walsh, if you want to, you know, support our episode and you know, pay for us to say that, I will gladly accept your money. <laughs> uh, so yeah so whatever the motivations were um, what is known is that immediately after he concluded his examination uh, they decided to put Elena's body on display for public viewing at the Dean Lopez funeral home in Key West what? yeah they just put her in a glass case oh, and you know, 7,000 oh, people man, they went to see her even, body that is so disrespectful and they didn't even like keep her like cast on just full bone in it Full what bones. Her, so, but the only member of her family who was still alive was her older was sister. Was Florinda, yeah. Wow, that's and really so sad. And so 7,000 people are seeing this body. So it's that's like, really like okay, she, she was abused by this guy while she was living, possibly murdered by him, had her body stolen and fucked for nine years repeatedly by him, and now she's like being put on display for the whole world to see. Uh, and women aren't meat, Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, and it should be noted that during the viewing, nobody ever recorded seeing anything on Elena that would suggest necrophilia. Right. So, apparently, the doctor either, A, is lying 30 years down the line, make the story, you know, more, you know, whatever, more interesting, or he did a really good job hiding whatever evidence he yeah. did find. Hmm. Or people are just dumb and didn't see this tube hanging out of her pussy. Ah. Whatever, you know. Whatever, Mel. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> so soon after uh, his arrest, uh, he was examined. Tansler was examined by psychiatrists. And they found him mentally competent to stand trial despite being borderline. So they said, like, he's got borderline personality disorder. Definitely a little fucking crazy. But he could, he could definitely stand trial. Yeah. And at the preliminary hearing, charges had to be dropped due to the statute of limitations for the crime having expired. That makes sense. Yeah, so the statute, so essentially stealing a corpse or corpse fucking in Florida is a second degree felony. And the statute of limitations on that is five years. Wow. Today. I don't so know what it was back corpse, then. steal a corpse, just make sure you hide it for five yeah, years. Yeah, make sure you hide it for five years and you do it in After Florida. After that, you're good. Yeah, you're, you're, you're good money. Um, however, the judge was able to uh, convince, you know, the court, you know, like, like, like the courtroom to like not let like Tansler keep the body. Cause like a lot of like the jury members and a lot of people were just like, just let him keep the body. You know, just, what's the, the body was in a museum. It's in, it, no, it, it's at a funeral a home. Funeral home. Ugh. Yeah. So like, like everyone was just kind of like, like, like public sentiment was to let him keep the body. And the judge was like, no, no, we're not letting him keep the body. He's not keeping the fucking body. That's horrific. Yeah. Uh, and Tanzler was very upset by that. They had to give the body back to Florinda. And uh, after, uh, I, sorry, I have to skip my notes because I wanted to talk about the uh, the statute of limitations and what Florida de- describes as a legally corpse fucking, but I don't really feel like we need to <laughs> talk about that. Um, a- after he had to give up, relinquish, like I guess, like because like they had the body, but he still had like officially say that he was relinquishing like, right, possession right. of the body. Uh, she was eventually reburied in Key West, where the only two people who knew her location of their new burial site was Undertaker Benjamin Sawyer and the Bethel Police Chief Bienvenido Perez. Hmm. Who they both just took it to their graves. They're like, we're not telling anyone where she is because yeah. they didn't want anyone else digging up her corpse and fucking it. Right. After you know, which I mean, kind of makes sense because like Tan Tansler kind of did all the like the like the hard work and like made it made it so she's fuckable, and they didn't want anyone else you know you know banking on that. Right. Uh, so Perez later would be interviewed by Men True Adventure magazine and revealed much darker intentions from Tansler. Von Kossel had told me once, I have spent my my whole life, I have roamed the earth searching for Elena. Fifty years ago, she appeared to me in a vision, and she promised then to be my bride. Now I found her, and I'll kill her, if necessary, to fulfill my destiny. But he could have been making that up. He could have been making it up, but, I mean, Tansler definitely saw her as his destiny. Yeah. The minute he laid eyes on her, he's like, she's mine. However, there's no evidence that had ever come to the forefront uh, apart from the threats, you know, suggesting that Tansler had committed the murder. Right. And she was never, never seen as a victim of murder. However, new evidence is coming forward, even all these years ago later, where people are pushing that narrative that he's no longer the romantic and he's the cold-blooded murderer who wanted her body. Uh, it is said that he claimed that. He had no sexual intentions with her. Right. But that's 
not true if you put a a pussy pipe in her. Yeah. Also, you wanted to marry her. I mean, that's... yeah. I mean, you legally. I think this might have been around the time where you have to like legally fuck your wife, like on your marriage night, to like make it like legal. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't, you know, he wouldn't have. Yeah. Wanted to marry her, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but the neighbor's testimony stating he was forcing Elena to drink his elixir was considered hearsay by the police and everyone involved because there was no hard evidence to corroborate the claims at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so shortly after he gets released from prison and like gets, gets released and her body is reburied because they, they reburied her before they released him, Tanzer left Key West and returned to Zeph- Zephyr Hills and lived near where his wife and sister lived. Oh, he returns. To yeah, so he returns is. back to the family he abandoned, and oddly enough, his wife still takes care of him. Yeah, like he's getting on in the years, and like she helped the him. The strange little man. Yeah, the strange little man who she knew at this point was fucking like a dead body. I guess everybody. Yeah, like ev- everyone knew it, point. but she still like I don't know, like I guess maybe felt like duty bound to him and just like yeah. took care of him. Or maybe she was like, you know what, having this job sucks, and you have money still, so maybe I'll have to suck your dick just get money because women are desperate <laughs> it, it mel could have been yeah so uh he, he left key west but not before according to perez bombing the mausoleum that he built for uh for for elena wow yeah i, I couldn't find any evidence other than perez stating that that's what he did yeah so who knows did he actually blow it up is perez lying? <laughs> i don't fucking know <laughs> In 1947, Tanzler wrote his memoir, uh, which appeared in pulp magazine Fantastic Adventures, which was used as the basis for the books Undying Love by Ben Harrison in 96, The Lost Diary of Count Von Kossel by David Sloan in 2012, and Von Kossel by Tom Swicegood in 2003, uh, which is essentially the majority of the information for this entire case comes from these three guys. David Sloan in particular, since he's like, being deemed as like the von Kossel expert yeah yeah um i i read a little bit of uh the book von Kossel by Swicegood. it's a fictional retelling of the story he adds a lot of flair to the story you know makes it seem more murdery than it probably was yeah um but it's pretty good read for any of you who actually wants to still read in this day and age because <laughs> fucking books are weird yeah. in 1950 tonsler becomes a u.s citizen in tampa and was and was cared for by his wife, you know, like I said previously. Right. Despite everything that he did, over the years, it had become clear that he never got over his obsession with Elena. However, having constructed an effigy of Elena made out of plaster and wax, Tanzler made a death mask in her image, which he placed on the effigy and kept in his bed until his death in 1952. Interesting. The old death mask thing is kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Weird historical stuff. No evidence of a pussy pipe. Ah. So it's not a real reconstruction. <laughs> it's not legit. I don't recognize it as a legit reconstruction. Uh, despite the legend surrounding Tanzler of him like dying in the arms of Lena's effigy, uh, or of him secretly getting her body back, you know, in the mean, in the interim, right? Uh, his his uh, his uh, was an obituary right. states that uh, he was uh, found dead on the floor behind his organ. And on a shelf above him was a, cl- a wax idol of Elena looking down on him. Hmm. So everyone like rom- romanticizes his death and say, oh, even in death, she's like looking after him and 
all this crazy shit and it's just really fucking dumb um <laughs> yeah so uh uh yeah so th- that's kind of like how he dies you know information a lot of information comes out you know later on about the case in 2021 uh david sloan gives an interview where he discusses a uh, magazine he found in like 1982 uh called like the detective cases magazine which was nice. telling it which had an article written by william mitchell felder or yeah yeah mitchell felder uh stating that there was a story called Do- florida's dr frankenstein and his laboratory of love <laughs> and in it, he details the account of somebody who was renovating a cottage and found what looked like a confession note written by someone admitting to murder. And the note says, she died because I gave this to her mercifully. I mixed the root of wolfsbane with ascent, was it, ac- aconite diluted. It was palatable and my loved one departed this miserable world on October 25th, 1931. Suffer no more, sweet Elena. I have sent you to the angels with my golden elixir. Nice. Yeah. Sounds made up, but... It sounds made up as fuck. (laughs) Uh, Sloan uses the story, however, as well as other evidence to prove that uh, he murdered... That Tanzler murdered Elena. Yeah. And that she didn't die due to illness or anything. Um, Or even died of malpractice. You know, this is an intentional death. Um, poisoning uh, with his golden elixir. Right. Uh, Mitchell Felder, in his article, further described how the demolition worker and his supervisor found bottles of golden elixir fallen from the collapsed wall of Tonsler's former residence. And the story claims that this elixir was 70% distilled water, 20% gold shavings, with fruit flavoring and just enough deadly poison to cause a slow death. Hmm. It smells like bullshit. You're like, yeah, you, sm- that, 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 you smell that? It smells like that 1980s bullshit. Like 1980s bullshit, which, I mean, I don't want to say shit about Sloan. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But, like, if you're in 2021 and you're trying to add to the story of something that happened in, like, 1940, go fuck yourself. Yeah. That's, go, that's go, go, work of, on, go, go work on a more modern on case. Yeah, you there's know? more. There's Stop more adding shit. Add. There's, there's no way to prove any of your evidence. You can't, nah. you, like, you know what I mean? Like, and you're using, you're, you and you use this like one. article written in the eighties about a story that happened 40 years before that. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. It's like a 60 year old fucking story. Come on. Yeah. Uh, uh, it w- needs to be noted. However, that aconite is a plant found in Northern Asia and Europe and goes by the name of monk's hood and wolfsbane, which the shepherds commonly used to kill wolves in an aconite overdose. The patient will suffer from seizures at some point until they die. And that Elena's original cause of death was noted to be violent convulsions. Right. So that's like the the only hard evidence that that anyone has that it could be aconite poisoning. But again, I'm calling bullshit that these fucking dumbass like construction workers found like bottles of elixir yeah. in the wall randomly with like a su- like a suicide note or some shit. Like that's, fuck that's that. A little bit much. Yeah, you're dumb. Uh, however, it, it's kind of a kind of a kind of a little nice tidbit I want to throw in because I love this drink. Aconite is the, is the main ingredient in absinthe along with si- uh with a copper sulfate. Yeah, and uh, which the copper sulfate gives uh, absinthe that like nice green hue. Oh, but yeah, right, yeah right. you know people are just drinking aconite and like old absinthe, not current absinthe. Right. Which I just thought was a little fun little tidbit. Uh, and so in, in Dr. Peter Morales's paper, Murder in Society, which I actually had to look this one up because I, I read it like when I was like younger, 
but uh, it didn't really sink in until I like or realized that it kind of really fits this case. So in his in his paper, Murder and Society: Why Commit Murder, he condenses the motives of murder into four L's. He he calls it lust, love, loathing, and loot. So a lust killer is a is a lover who kills a rival for his or her object of desire, or the thrill killer who murders people because he gains a sexual payoff. Right. Which that if if Tanzler is a killer fits that motive like it like to a T because he got the body and fucks Absolutely. the body. Uh, love because the mercy kill is 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 listed as the mercy killing of a baby with a major deformity or partner with incurable cancer. Right again, kind of fits it. He's yeah, love in love with her, and she had tuberculosis. Uh, loathing is a lethal hate directed towards one person, group, culture, or nation. That one does fit the case, but not with Elena because there's no evidence that he hated Elena. Yeah. He just really did not like her fucking family at all. That's true. Loot is the only one that doesn't make sense for him because a, a loot, loot killer, loot motivation is a killer who is entirely motivated by monetary gain through inheritance or other means. Right, and he's the one who had the money. Yeah, ex- exactly. So three out of four, not bad. He got the aconite, you know, symptoms. Could have possibly poisoned her. It's definitely known for a fact that he did give her weird golden elixirs. Yeah. Um, a smell and bullshit and everything else, though. Uh, yeah, so he, he was obsessed with her. You lost it for her. Uh, you know, he given her free unproven treatments, naming his wingless plane after her. Did a lot of weird, obsessive shit that a lot of people would uh, really think is just kind of like not normal. He did it in the name of love. Um uh, so, but like, regardless of whether or not you think that he murdered her or that he misused her body or whatever, I just want to let everyone know that the the, the official stance on the, uh, the Deliver Us Some Evil podcast on this episode is that the story's more about Elena than it is about Tanzler. I know I gave you a lot of information about him more than her. There isn't a lot known about the, either of them, really. But I just want everyone to know that, like, we're not doing this to, like, you know, try to, like, make him seem like you know, like like bigger than he is it's really yeah. more about trying to get her story out hmm. and that's officially all i got <laughs> all right i know it's a longer episode than what yes. you normally was like an hour and a half yes uh yeah i i was gonna stop at the 45 minute mark but i was like you know what? it's not gonna be enough for like two complete episodes i'm just jamming it all in there hopefully we did pretty good i think we did pretty good i feel pretty good you feel pretty good mel i feel pretty good all right and you know again don't go fucking dead women. Don't go digging up their corpses. And of course, remember, don't, don't fuck in, in the, the woods. woods. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Those of us that deliver us some evil want to thank you for listening. If you want to catch up on the latest news, you can find us on Spotify, Facebook.com slash deliver us some evil or email us at deliver us some evil podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for your support. And remember, don't fuck in the woods.